and welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 97th episode, our guest is Brandon Chapman. You first heard Brandon Chapman on episode 14 when he appeared alongside Josh Sigler. Brandon Chapman is a sports podcaster who resides in Peru, Indiana with his wife, Abby. He will graduate from IUK in May of 2018 with a BS in communication with a concentration in public speaking. His show, Sounding Off, is recorded from the 1350 AM WIOU studio and drops new episodes every Sunday afternoon. And now, onto the show. Hello. Chap. Hey, what's going on, Rob? Oh, nothing much. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast again, dude. Hey, man, I appreciate the offer. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to have you back. And, uh, yeah, for uh, people, I know that you've, you've been on once before, but it has been a while, and this is your first uh, solo episode. So go ahead and lots, introduce. Lots of things have changed. Yeah, heck yeah. A lot of things have changed. Uh, but, yeah, just go ahead and introduce yourself for people um, that don't know who you are. Uh, I'm Brandon Chapman. Uh, I host, along with uh, my friend Michael Lachesky, also known as Mojo, we, co- we host Sounding Off, um, a podcast that we started probably a little bit after you started, uh, The Rob Burgess Show. <laughs> and um, So yeah, well, we're, we're a sports-centric uh, podcast or show, whatever you want to call it these days. But uh, yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's a if you've never listened to it before, um, it's it's a great show. Uh, even if you don't uh, particularly follow the ins and outs of sports, because you guys kind of do that for me. Um, I kind of you know th- this is probably a good thing because I actually get most of my sports news from your show. That's um, awesome, Rob. That, that, you know that's the biggest compliment that I think anybody can give me. Either like develop their opinion from something I've said or something on my show. Or get their information so well, thank you that yeah. a lot yeah yeah for sure but it's kind of like how um i understand once people say like they get their news from you know uh John Oliver or Bill Maher or somebody like right. that, but like you know, like you don't have to pay attention as hard because they're paying attention uh, exactly. way harder. So I and I know that you're not going to let a big story get by. So I just you know I trust your judgment, uh, news judgment in that case. I appreciate that. And as a guy coming from the news world, um, I you understand that you know you, you can you can only cover so much, especially in the time you know between doing the show that we actually do and using social media and the other ways. I mean, you try to stay on top of as much of it as you can. And with the 24 with the 24 hour news cycle, sometimes it's complicated. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, and I almost understand almost uh, your tw- uh, twice a week format that you had uh, going for a while. I know that you had to like scale it back because it's it's as you know hard enough to put one thing out a week. Um, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, but like uh, it's it, there's enough sports news that you can do to good size episodes every week and, and not run out of things to talk about or be redundant, you know? Well, it, it, to be honest, you know, if there was ever the opportunity to, you know, to make a job out of this, like a legit, you know, career, there's enough stuff to do stuff every day. That's why those shows exist. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to get to that platform and get to that level. It's there's so many things out there and just trying to stay on top of it all. You know, I wake up in the morning sometimes with so many notifications. I've got the tab when I went to bed and it's like, well, crap, now I have to make a list to add to my show. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and I don't think people necessarily understand, even though you do a new show, that there's research, there's stuff, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to be content uh, conscious with me, like trying to make it timely, you know, there's there's stuff. We well, you know I do a show an hour and a half every week, and I have two page lists of stuff I want to talk about. I don't get to half of it. I, I, I just do. It's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't know where the conversation is going to take you necessarily. Um, you don't know what is going to be like a dud. Like you think something's going to like take up a bunch of your time, and, and it's going to be like if somebody will just answer like yeah, and then it's like oh okay, um, moving on <laughs> to the next well, thing. There's, there's, there's <laughs> to ask you, you know, all your time, you know, especially working for the paper and you know all the interviews and everything you did, you try to have an idea of a roadmap of where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You're interviewing people. You're just kind of like, 
okay, I've got to call an audible now because I kind of thought it was going to go this direction. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're, you're not giving me the information I want. You're not giving mm-hmm. me the answers. I'm trying not to coerce anything here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do a show kind of like what we do, there has to be a flow. You don't want to uh, – sometimes we get down a rabbit hole and we spend 40 minutes on one thing where we wasn't planned. But if the content's good, the content's good. But you still just want it all to flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the best things in podcasts happen when it does go off the rails a little bit and it goes into a all place right. that you didn't expect. Because that, right. that is, feels very natural when everyone's kind of doing it at the same time, you know? Absolutely. You want genuine content. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, when I try to interview people especially on my show, I don't give them questions ahead of time. I'll give them kind of rough ideas of like a topic. But I don't. I I don't want to give them a script. I don't want that. I want a natural reaction. And there's been some moments that have been really cool, and some moments where it's like this kind of started off a little slow. But I think that's a lot of because of who I was interviewing. Mm-hmm. Like you got people who it's almost like you're telling a night tricky Bobby. I don't know. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. Like it's, we're just having a conversation here. And as soon as you put a mic on or you let somebody know you're recording, they freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally changes the dynamic. Uh, it totally makes it like stilted. Um, you start having conversations that you would never have in real life, only because you know that you're listening. Somebody's listening to it, um, right? Somebody starts talking in a way you're like, "I've known you for a while, and you never want to talk like that." Like, come on, you're putting on a show now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, how is that? Because uh, you're starting to. That's uh, one reason I wanted to talk to you is because you're branching out. Uh, you're you're doing a lot of new things, and I like. I like it a lot. Um, you've got uh, interviews that you're inter- in- incorporating into the show more, and uh, you're you're making it about people that are in the local area. So that's kind of new. You guys didn't really do that as much in the, in the beginning, anyway. Right. You know when it all started. You know, it started in the basement. It started with me and Josh Sigler, who, uh, although he's no longer a part of the show, he's still a friend of the program. Um, we started in the basement, just you know, two guys talking shop about sports, doing what we want. Um, we really went in the direction of kind of like an unfiltered, and sometimes I think that got out of hand. Um, but what, what I thought had happened was, you know, I did an internship with the radio station in Kokomo, uh, WIOU thirteen fifty, covering the Jackrabbits, and I was talking with their general manager Jessica Green after the internship, and she was telling me how great I did. I'm, okay, I, I appreciate that. And she was talking about how they didn't have much content for their, their stream and on their sports section. And I was like, okay. So I sat there and I thought about it and I thought about it. And I was like, you know, th- it, this is my shot. You know, you, you take a hundred, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I'm like, okay, I, I, this is my opportunity here. So I reached out to her, kind of gave her uh, an idea of what I wanted to do. And it was a slow process. You know, I don't think she fully wanted to buy into it initially, but finally she gave me my chance. Um, we started cleaning up the show about 25, 30 episodes ago, mm-hmm. trying to go more legit. Mm-hmm. And um, my whole envision of this was to, you know, Howard County and Tipton County and just the surrounding areas, they're such great athletes. They have such great high school kids. They've got kids who have went on to college, Division One. There's so many great stories out there, but nobody's covering it. Like, I mean, you get, like, the sports section and like that, but nobody's really – with sports – is, is so quick and everyday kind of thing, but there's a lot of features that can be done. There's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of missed mm-hmm. opportunity on focus for these kids. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do. The first five or six episodes I did through the radio station, I don't have those interviews because I need to go through athletic directors. I need to get permission from schools to be bringing on their student athletes, mm-hmm. which I totally get. I have no problem with that. But people don't get back to you on your time. They don't get back to you because they don't necessarily care what you're after. They get back to you when they want to get back to you. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've kind of had to wait. I've had some athletic directors who have been really good and given me everything I've needed. Another one that I had to follow up three or four times, and I'm still following up. Mm-hmm. But that's just the nature of the beast at this point. Um, but, yeah, it's... I'm trying to do something that nobody else has been doing in the area, and they're kind of giving me the free reign to try it, mm-hmm. which is which has been great. You know, they, they don't owe me anything, but I've been very appreciative of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I can tell you as working as a print journalist that I very often um, take more notes and transcribe more interviews than I'll ever use. And I wrote today, just today I wrote a 1,200-word story, and I had almost 10,000 words of notes and transcripts and stuff. And there's stuff in that that I'll never use. And it's just because I don't have the space. I don't, I mean, that's, no one would have the space to do what you can do in a podcast uh, in in print or, you know, even on television, you know, um, you, you really get the space to like explore things in depth. Whereas, you know, it's, it's more of a surface level thing, uh, most of the time. So we often, we also ended up Facebook live, which I was really kind of like on the fence about doing. Mm. But uh, to be honest, that's been the best thing. I mean, that's probably exposed us to more people than anything we've done. Yes. Because for some odd reason, people like to look in and see the guests when they're in the studio or see me and Mojo as goofy as we look. They like to sit in there and watch it. They like to comment. They like to ask questions. They like it to be interactive. And that's awesome. I will run with that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a man of the people, and I'll, I'll do what I can to make the people happy. Yeah, people want to see how the sausage gets made. Um, exactly. They want, you know, that Howard Stern had a TV show, and it was just him doing his radio show in his studio and stuff. So, right. Yeah, people like to watch that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but that's a good way to get in uh, to where people are, which is obviously Facebook and, and stuff. So, um, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you kind of the one thing, and, and this is just me being jaded and kind of what frustrates me is I've had, you know, friends who uh, – I've had friends who have quite honestly told me, you know, they listen to other programs um, like Barstool Sports, uh, Pat McAfee Show, stuff like that. They listen to that all the time, and they kind of lose track of work. You know, and I'm kind of, I, I get it. And they're like, well, they're funny, and they do this, they do that. To, to be able to curse, be dirty, and do everything like you want to do, that's easy. That, that is really easy to get on there and just be crude and do all that stuff. That, that, that's an audience. That, it's a dumb audience, if, if I'm being honest, because you don't have to be creative. Um, and then you have people on ESPN like Stephen A. Smith who are constantly playing a race card. Like, to be controversial is where the success is. And I sit here kind of torn. I'm like, how do you be successful by being classy and by doing like good work? That's the difficult part. I can't believe I'm hearing this from uh, Brandon Chapman, the man that told me to just let it fly, I believe, once on the podcast. You know what? Time, times are changing. I've grown up. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, there's layers to the onion, but yeah, uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Look at look at you being all respectable, but um. But you guys, yeah, you earned that explicit rating back in the day. But um, but that's you know you gotta you gotta get out there and and you know that's always been my thing is that I don't put anything out into the world ever since I became a professional journalist that. I would have to, in any way, answer for like that because I'll tell you the one thing about cursing is that people I love to curse and some of my favorite words when I'm not being recorded are cursing. But like um, people see it as an opportunity to to dismiss what you're saying automatically because you're cursing. Oh yeah, and they think that you have no valid points and that you're you know not worth listening to. And I just see it as a you know it's part of speech to me. So I that that doesn't affect how I think about it, but. It does give people something to hold on to if they want to, like, okay, I'm not going to listen to you. This is why. So Right. And it's, it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not so much worried about offending people, although I know there are people who get offended by that kind of stuff. But for me, it's when you limit your vocabulary to so many four-letter words, it's how can you have, have the ability to articulate an argument without if this or, you know, stuff like that. Like that That's what you need to do, and that's what I've tried to do. And, you know, my buddy who does the show with me, you know, he said that's been the hardest thing is not to curse. Because when you do it so casually and casual in your conversation, it's one thing, but it's like, don't curse. I understand that we're interviewing high school kids. I'm representing, I'm representing a radio station. Like, like, after the first couple of weeks, it's been real easy. Like, I don't think about it. It's like, as soon as I go into the studio, I flip a switch, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. it's done. So, it, it's actually, like, once you get in that zone, it's not that bad. And, like, you in, in the professional capacity, I'm sure you have that. You sit there and interview people, but as soon as you go home, you're like, all right, let it fly. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but uh, you you wanted to talk about you know we should we should probably talk about uh, the Super Bowl. Um, you know, but we don't have to talk about that yet. We could talk about uh, ESPN uh, laying off people um, because yeah. I, I think that's quite a story in media right now. It is, and that's what kills me. You know, you've got. Uh, Sports is just a multi-billion dollar industry, and you have these monopolies, especially with people like ESPN, and when they're laying off some of the most talented people that I've read, and some of my favorite journalists, they're laying them off so people like Stephen A. Smith can go and play the race card every day for three hours, and he's making $4.5 million to just sit there and spew work on it. That's the stuff that bothers me, because I feel like the media, I mean, they're just selling their soul for the dollar. That, that, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're all these money on these contracts. They're getting rid of the talent. They're getting rid of the ones who are really the valuable ones as far as the assets go, but you put on the, the, the face of an angry black man, or, you know, that that's just the kind of stuff that bothers me. ESPN, which is owned by Disney, and it's just the way they're handling business is absolutely atrocious. Hmm. Oh, and don't you dare have an opinion, because if you do, and you say anything negative about the President of the United States, who I've even known to do, even on my show, even on the current level vibe, <laughs> but don't you dare have an opinion, because you will be, I mean, you'll be penalized for that. Yeah, shout out to Jamel Hill, right? Right, um, and, not, and not to mention those allegations about sexual uh uh, sexual harassment and everything like that. ESPN did nothing with that. Mm. The report that has been going on for a decade there, that got swept under the rug. Mm. One of their main anchors sent topless sent pictures of him without a shirt to one of the like new anchors asking, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And it's just like, nothing. He got nothing. Mm. Like, wow. this is a culture that we continue to perpetuate. It's bothersome. Mm. That's why you have guys like you and me who are like, we want our own pirate ship. We want to do our own thing because we can do it the way we want to do it. Yeah. We have moral, we have morals and values, and that's what we're going to abide by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I've thought about, why do I do this? Why do I do this podcast? Why do I feel like I need to do this? And it's kind of like the only place I really get to feel like I can express myself freely. Like, it's really like the only place. Like, is it in, even though I am a working journalist, I still have to be, you know, a working journalist. I can't. You still have a boss. You still answer. Sure, exactly. At, at, when I'm at work, I'm at work. You know what I mean? But, like, when I do this, this is me. This is, I get, I, anything I want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, you know, and that's that's very freeing. And, yeah, it, it's, it's like you're saying, it's these larger corporate structures that are, um, you know, they're not recognizing what makes things go. And I think a lot of media companies are doing that this these days. And I think it's short-sighted because I don't think it's going to get, them to like profitability or if that's what they're trying to do i don't think making it the product worse makes anybody want to give you more money um right gets me about this stuff like you know in any form of media to, to sit there and say that there's not a bias is ridiculous there's a bias in everything possible you have a bias in the way you're going to portray things i have a bias in the way i i'm going to portray things but at the same time too guys like you and i can see other sides it doesn't mean we agree with it but we can see things from multiple angles mm-hmm. and that's what many people in media in society just in all capacities they lack the ability to look at something from another side because they're afraid that it's going to make it's going to contradict what they believe mm. and and ESPN is historically biased and they started even making fun of themselves for it I, I remember this this was a couple of years ago back when the Indiana Pacers were really good and they were battling the heat uh, to go to the, to the NBA finals and everything like that the Pacers whooped the crap out of the heat and ESPN anchors trying to go yeah Indiana won the game but they're in Indiana we're not going to talk about them I'm like mm. okay I mean you're you're blatantly talking about your bias at this point you don't even care like it's a running joke now mm-hmm yeah. Um, what do you think, though, about the cord cutting thing with them? Because, I mean, historically, wasn't that always the thing, is that whether you liked it or not, you got ESPN when you got cable. Um, so you pay that money. So if you're not buying, like, the $100 a month cable package from Comcast or whatever, you're not having to pay for that, and they don't have, I don't know. Well, no, and I, and I get that. Um, 
I, I still have ESPN. I watch very little of ESPN just because I don't have time. Most of my content and everything that I'm getting anymore comes from someone comes from Twitter, will come from Yahoo Sports, will come from Bleacher Report. Um, just What's really the problem is ESPN still has so much control as far as televising events that that's where it's at. Um, you can get your updates, you can get your headlines anywhere, but as far as watching games, you're still kind of handcuffed mm-hmm. to ESPN. So, that, I mean, as a true sports fan that I am, I can never get away from that. But when you have everybody else, all these leagues who are starting to create their own networks, you're going to see a point to where ESPN's viewership is going to go down and go down and go down because you have people switching to things like the Hulu or the Sling, stuff like that. You can get these other networks. You can get the Major League Baseball Network. You can get the NFL Network. You can get all this separate without having to be a slave to ESPN. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to try to do some kind of streaming thing or something? Is that their plan? ESPN is going to constantly try to appeal to the masses in any way, shape, or form that they can. Um, I, they're, they're, they're trying to be active with like a Snapchat. They're trying to do like that. I mean, if they would go back to just focusing on what they were good at, Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't be so bad, but when you start essentially mocking people because of your bias and you're not, the, the format they're currently running with is just crap. It, it's not going to work. It works for a specific demographic, but it turns a lot of people off. A lot of people get tired of the politi- like you know keep politics out of sports. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that, I do, but if somebody asks an athlete, if somebody asks LeBron his thoughts. I mean, it's for a quote. It's to make the airtime. It's to make the story. That's what it's about. So ESPN at the same time is kind of making them a problem because they're choosing to put the content on there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have you have final discretion of whatever you're going to air, and you still choose to put this crap on there. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you've got the people complaining, and that's why. ESPN's getting what they deserve, and I hope it kind of knocks down a pick. And I just hope at some point somebody can kind of emerge and be a true competitor. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the thing about sports is that if you want to watch certain sports, you kind of have to watch certain networks. And it's not like you can, you know, they had, that's why they pay this money to these, you know, leagues and stuff. So they have exclusive rights to certain events. And right. you have to watch it at certain places and tough luck if you don't want to. So. But I mean, if you're ESPN, you're sitting good because you're owned by Disney who has more money than God. So I mean, what you <laughs> I mean, like, They're making the Star Wars movies now, right? Yeah, you, you've got the deepest pockets of any, of any company on the planet. Right, you're basically printing money. <laughs> exactly. As long as, as long as Disney wants ESPN to be there, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, yeah. Ugh. But, um, yeah, so uh, what are you doing for the Super Bowl this year? Well, um, nothing too exciting. For me, honestly, the Super Bowl's kind of lacked the, uh, the hype that I normally feel. I don't know if that's just because I've got so many other things going on that I'm not kind of completely focused on it. But uh, I'm going to hang out at my house uh, with my wife. My brother and my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law will come over. We will just have some pizza, hang out, and watch the game. Um, I hope the Patriots lose. I don't care who they be playing. As long as the Patriots lose, it'll be the Super Bowl. Yeah. It almost seems like people are just rooting rooting against the Patriots and not for the Eagles. Well, it's the way it is. You know, the Patriots have been there so long. I mean, look, people want to talk about, like, when you're hated at professional sports, it's because you're good. It's the ultimate compliment. That's honestly the way I feel. I hate the Patriots. I hate Tom Brady. But he's the greatest of all time. And I hate him because he's so good and he's been there so long. Mm-hmm. But that's all Michael Jordan was the same way. Everybody hated Michael Jordan. If you were a Bulls fan, you hated him. Mm-hmm. Because he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, it's it's just the way it goes. I mean, there's really not really a choice about it. Exactly. So. <laughs> I, I, I always stand by it. If you're hated by a large amount of people, it's either because you did something absolutely horrible, like Hitler, or because you won six championships like Tom Brady's about to do. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the scenario. 
Yeah. Um, what I, are you yeah. doing for the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. Not watching the game. I, I'm very, you know, I'm not. I'm not in sports as you know anyway. But this, I real feel really unexci- uh, uninspired to watch this year. Although I am interested because Justin Timberlake is doing the uh, um, halftime performance, and of course, the last time that happened, I learned what Tiva was because I was at my friend Tony's house when the you know wardrobe malfunction happened, and he had just gotten Tivo like for Christmas. And then the Super Bowl came, and that was the first time I had seen anyone use it because we went then, of course, went and watched watched that <laughs> several times. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's just similar. Tony's a performer. I think it knocked down the park as far as the long time show goes for this one. Uh, my mom and I were talking the other day. She's like, "What do you think the chances are the instinct shows up?" And I'm like, "None." <laughs> that, that's all she really cared about. Yeah, at least the commercials, man. You can watch the game and then catch some commercials. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there there are some classics. I always loved the uh, Terry Tate office linebacker. Uh, right. Those were my favorites. But um, everybody, everybody looks for the Budweiser one every year. Sure. Um, there's always some good ones there. Um, people are always doing stuff really creative. I saw Mountain Dew's doing like a lip syncing one with Morgan Freeman and uh, Peter Dinklage. Nice. Um, so yeah, you, you never know what's going to be out there. That's there's a good also, point. There's, there's always new movie trailers that drop, and I'm Ooh, really excited for that. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. Um, unless it's a kids movie, and I've probably already seen. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer for it. There you go. The only thing that I have a problem with is can we at least can we send a petition to get Monday after as a national holiday? Because this going to work stuff after sucks. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like you're supposed to stay up late, eat and drink, gorge yourself, um, you know, watch a million things. Like there's there's the pregame, there's the halftime, there's the postgame. There's you know, it's yeah, like it goes on for like eight it. hours. Yeah. It's uh, it's like it's like a full day of work, except you're. <laughs> <laughs> working at the Super Bowl, <laughs> but uh, now for me, it's one of my favorite days of the year because you know me, that's just my thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it does feel like a whole work day, and then I'm exhausted, and then I have to go to my real job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be even worse because I gotta go do a show at 10 a.m. and then go on and start getting ready for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing it the morning of, right? Right, right. Wow. So you're going to try to put out the podcast before the Super Bowl starts? We will. We usually do the drive between 1 and 2 in the afternoon. Ooh. And that's usually my drop them right after. Like, I record all my kind of splice and stuff together, and then uh, I drop it usually that early. And you don't, you still don't edit, huh? I do edit. You uh, do? I don't, I don't make mistakes, Rob. No, um, no we, we've been, uh, I, I do a little editing as far as editing in uh, my intro. I do some fades. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've inserted some interviews and stuff, some clips before. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, yeah, I haven't gotten into the. Uh, if there's ever a mistake, it's out there for everybody to know. <laughs> there, there's no makeup on this pit. <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah. No, that's that's it's, that's what I was kind of liked about your show. It was like there's no there's no you can't just take it back. It's if it if it happened, it happened. <laughs> exactly. And that's that that's the one thing we always kind of pride ourselves on and if uh, there was a mistake made, there's usually kind of a little awkward pause. Mm-hmm. All right, you the move. <laughs> So, how is it to use, like, actual radio equipment now? Dude, it blew my mind. Like, when we first got in there, like, I was super excited because it was kind of like, it, it was a dream come true because this is something that I always aspired to do, you know? And this all started when you started this. Like, I, I saw what you were doing, and I kicked your brain, and you're like, man, it's super easy, and I'm like... Yeah, this is what I want to do. So that's where it all started. And, you know, from the time I was doing my basement to just recording it from a phone. And then I got a mic. And you were the first one to tell me, like, hey, man, what'd you do? Because it sounds better. And I was like, I got a mic. And you're like, awesome. Keep going. And so, you know, we got the mic and doing the computer. And then to get into the studio. And the first time I heard it recording off the mic and like that, I was like, I made it. I was like, this, this is what I've aspired for the whole time. Yeah, and it's it sounds totally legit now, and uh, it doesn't uh, you know it's it's stereo uh, sound. It's it's crystal clear. So, um. and, and that was the biggest thing, you know, like kind of the the radio station 
wasn't willing to give me the opportunity to do that and go in there and try to use their studio as, as I needed to. And there's really no restrictions. I mean, as long as it's free and open, I can go do what I want. So I'm like, yes, just, just the ability to do that is worth so much. And, you know, they've been willing to teach me things and show me things, and it's, it's been awesome. There's been things that, you know, they teach me just over the course of a couple of weeks that people have went to college for four years to figure out how to use this stuff. And it's like, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, that was like when I... Uh was at WFHB in Bloomington. Like, I went and, like, yeah, it was, like, basically just learn on the job uh, what we went to school for, basically. Right. Um, which is kind of the best way to learn, I think. It, it's definitely harder because you're just going to have to hit the ground running. But at the same time, it's like, you you know, this has to happen. This has to happen, you know. So. Yeah, it, it's just getting the motion, getting the repetition, and just knowing. And, you know, everything is everything's kind of computer now so everything i mean there's there's a little bit of a soundboard but everything else is just done as computer stuff now it was kind of like just making sure everything flows and works together and the guy who was showing me he was like it seems overwhelming because my promise is going to do times it's nothing and he was right like i'm sitting here like i'm making notes like i've got this whole like note sheet on my phone of like how to do everything like that and after I did it a time or two, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, once you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I've literally been using Audacity for 12 years, so. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, um, oh, what to do? Uh, yeah, I, I was using Audacity, too, for, for the podcast, and I can't that I do for now because that's what the radio station uses but it, it, it's super easy too like I was overwhelmed because I was like man like I switched to a program now it's virtually the same thing like mm-hmm. they're all real similar there's, there's, there's stuff that's way complicated which they're like yeah we don't mess with that so oh yeah well I've used uh, I've edited video and audio with Adobe Creative Suite, and it's just, it's all the same stuff. It's just tracks and waveforms, and, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense when you start using it, so. Right. And I think what the craziest thing for me was when I was talking to them about, like, intro and outro music. And the general manager was like, well, okay, write something up. And I'm like, well, I'm writing my own intro music. Like, my, I was like, I mean, this is kind of awkward. I was like, but I'll, I'll try. And so I sent her something over, and then like two weeks later, she sends me files back, and I listened to the recording of the intro and the outro, and I swear I was like a little kid. I was like, this is the most legit I've ever been in my life. This is something that I'm proud to send back to people. Like, if I was looking for another job, if I was trying to get on some job somewhere, like, I would gladly send this stuff out and not hesitate. That was a real moment for me that I'll probably never forget. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I'll i always see, like, uh, if you go on, like, LinkedIn or whatever, there'll, there'll always be, like, morning host in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm like, who who is qualified for that? And, like, who just goes for that? <laughs> right. But somebody goes for it, and somebody becomes uh, Chad in the morning. <laughs> uh, that, that'll probably be me. Uh, I'm going to go for those jobs. You should, man. You'd be good at it. You'll you'll have you know pretty much learned the form by then, and somebody's got to you know. Uh, although you'll have to wake up early, I think that will be one thing. <laughs> That's a problem. I think you literally have to go to bed at like six p.m. every night. Yeah, yeah. When you got to be in at like five. And like, oh yeah, you got to be there like, when people are waking up. The air at five. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But. No, I mean, I think it was a real thing. I would love to get a job in sports and stuff fantasy, whether it was broadcasting or get into kind of like athletics, uh, like director, director kind of stuff like that. Like, I, I never, like, radio wasn't ever really the ambition, but I'm just trying to use it in whatever capacity or tool to kind of get me to where I want to be at this point. Well, I mean, that's kind of how you have to look at it. It's like, am I getting what I want out of this while I'm here? Right. Um... I think that's that's important too. I don't think you can downplay that. And now you have a body of work that you're proud of to show people when you know you want to show yourself, you know, in the world. And that's something that you can't just snap your fingers. You have to put the work in for that. Yeah, I'm basically just trying to load a resume the best I can. I'm just trying to stack it with as much stuff. And you know, I, I'm 
I'm going to be 32 years old. I'm finally going to graduate college. It's me. And I've talked to people, and my big concern is just being older. And, you know, I'm coming out. I hit the job market with a bunch of 22 and 23-year-old kids. And I'm like, man, I'm the old man. And I've had numerous people tell me, you know, age is just a number, but you also can't put a price on maturity or responsibility. And honestly, that's how I got the opportunity to do the radio station stuff. Uh, I went in, did the internship, and the, the the lady I worked for was so impressed with what I did. And she's like, if I could have adult interns all the time, she's like, I would. I'm like, well, there's, there's not a lot of us out there, uh, especially like, that's going to do this. But, um, and that's been the big thing, you know, just putting the work in, putting the time, and that's been the saving grace, I guess, for me, is because I'm, I'm, I'm not getting so hung up on being older. It's the fact that I think I can go in and show what, what the package is here and that maybe that'll sell itself. All they're really looking for is to make sure that you can do the thing that they want you to be able to do. Like, right. And as long as you can convince them of that, I don't really think it matters if you're 22 or 32 or whatever, you know, like I think it's just as long as they are convinced that what they accept, expect you to do will get done in the way they want it done. I, I don't think that matters so much. So. Hopefully no, but also too, I'm not looking for that entry level pay either. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well then, <laughs> you're going to have to... <laughs> I'm going to start sweeping the floors of this place and I'm going to be in the president's chair one day. It, it's the worst thing, man, because when you look at jobs in sports, it all starts in ticket sales. Mm. Single thing starts in ticket sales. Wow. You know what that pays? Hardly nothing. Like, you make like $23,000 a year start doing a year of ticket Oof. sales. Yikes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's another thing in media in general, I think. That's a very real thing, and that's why, you know, people... Of you know minority backgrounds are not always very re- well represented in the media is because to get started to get your foot in the door to get any kind of traction you have to be willing to just like make literally no money for a long time and then you can like start to make money once you have your credentials but you just have to pay your dues and while you're doing that you are either an unpaid intern or you're a poorly paid uh, person. Um, you know, like you're saying, like it's it, but only people that have something to fall back on, AKA a trust fund or, you know, their, their parents or some other way, you know, to support themselves, you know? And, well, that's, yeah. So that's like, you know, the summer internship I did, it was unpaid. I, mm-hmm. I did, I did over 200 hours um, I only did 120 for my internship. I did over 200 hours of like covering baseball and, and doing like their social media stuff for us. And then what that got me though was an opportunity to kind of continue it, and they let me do play-by-play for football on the radio. So it's like, okay, this is all big, but now I'm kind of getting something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what transitioned into the kind of the radio stuff too. And using the station, we're not paying you, but we kind of are by giving you, you know, basically free time, free equipment, free stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's it's taking what you can get, but it also all comes down to me taking the chance and asking because they weren't coming to me looking for content. It was just casually mentioned, and I was like, I'm going to run with it, see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jessica Green, by the way. She once uh, wished me happy birthday on the radio and said that I was a sassy little liberal. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jessica Green is one of my favorite people. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she has been awesome, you know, as I've got to know her since I was doing the internship and everything and kind of working with her. Uh, she's really taken a chance on me and she's kind of let me do what I want to do. Jessica Green, the general manager of Z92.5 and WOU, she's a, she's a pretty badass lady. Yeah, for sure. Um, She's younger than me, and I always just saw her as boss lady. with that several of my best friends said the extended college careers are they doctors <laughs> uh, so i 
joke around. I'm a communications major, and of all the communication professors who are at IUK, uh, the longest being six or seven years, I have been there longer than all of them. You should get tenure or something. I, I joked about it, yeah. <laughs> they make the joke now that there's no way that uh, I cannot pass the class that I'm taking. I don't have one class this semester. And they're like, there's no way you're not going to pass because we're kicking your ass out. Like, you're not staying here any longer. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I've, I've been there. I've been at IUK. It's, it's been like six or seven years. But that's, that's, you know, going part-time for so long. You know, I was, me and my wife got married, and... I had to work. That was just kind of the way it was. Uh, college classes usually, outside of business, um, college classes aren't friendly for a working adult. No, absolutely not. My mom got her college degree when I was a kid. Uh, she went back to school, and that was grueling because it's like you have your life, and then you have this on top of your life. So God, I can only imagine having to deal with a little Rob Burgess. It was Robbie Burgess then, and he was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, can we bring Robbie Burgess back? Huh? Can we bring Robbie Burgess back? I like that. <laughs> Only a few people call me Robbie, but if you you feel whatever you you know, I've been called worse. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of around the same time. I was like, I'm not wearing tidy whitey underwear anymore. I'm wearing boxers, and by the way, my name is Rob now. Stop calling me Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> It was all happening at the same time. You were the feistiest nine-year-old ever. At exactly, that point. I was done. Yeah, I was in the third grade, and I wasn't going <laughs> to take it anymore. So. <laughs> That's when you took your stand. That's when you went liberal. Oh That's yeah, absolutely. I was a good little conservative up until then, but then I broke bad. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you dropped the Bible on the floor. And you That's said, right. No more, Mom. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's over. Um, but yeah, man. Um, but okay, so I want to go back to something that we breezed up past. But you do have okay. an intro music now, um, and you did write a script for it. Now, um, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm not familiar with sports, but I don't know what you're talking about when you say uh, that uh, Jordan. Would you say Jordan had Pippen? It wasn't that one of the what? It, what is the text of the intro? Michael Michael had Scotty. Uh huh. Um, Steve had Jerry, uh, Steve Young had Jerry Rice, and then LeBron had, the running joke, basically the running joke is, uh, my co-host has a major infatuation for LeBron, and I give him a hard time about it all the time. So, it's basically always been, you know, LeBron won his championships because he got whoever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that was almost a little jab at him when I was creating the script was, you know, LeBron has whoever LeBron wants. <laughs> you didn't care about Mojo. So, yeah. Um, I, when I told him that's what I did for the script, and he was just like, okay, whatever. And then when he heard it, he's like, it's perfect. He's like, I have no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> No, but I mean, he's, uh, I mean, you're obviously the leader of the show. You're driving the action of the conversation. So obviously, uh, you, in this case, I guess would be <laughs> the, uh, the Michael, you're, you're the Michael, right? In the scenario uh, well, to, to Scotty. You're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, it's funny you mention that because my co-host was out to lunch a while back with um, some friends of his who are listeners of the show and they were talking about something and he goes, yeah, we were just talking about that on my show. And one of his buddies turns in and goes, oh, so it's your show. And that's your sidekick. <laughs> and I told him all along, I was like, hey, this is our show. It's just as much your show as it's my show. It's our show. But so now the running joke is that uh, it's, it's, it's his show and I'm his, he, he's very on like, I, I've been the mm-hmm. <laughs> So, but even though, um, I obviously, we didn't do a show this last week, I had some health issues come up, but, um, so somebody texted me, it's like, well, we now know it's your show, since Mojo can't do it without you. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure well it's kind of like how like uh you know certain bands will be called certain bands for years and years but there's only like two people that are still in it the whole time oh you mean like journey and Leonard Skinner? yes exactly <laughs> like those bands for, yeah you know what i'm saying so uh yeah there's always like a rotating cast of of people that you know they add they add to it but obviously the show could not go on but for the core uh you know person that's you know driving the action and like you said this was 
was something that you conceived of, and obviously your your co-host is very important. Because uh, do you feel like you need a co-host? Do you do you ever think of just doing it alone or with you know over the phone or I don't know? Like like I think you could carry a whole show. I could, but I feel like it's not. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the product that I would want it to be. Well, then, yeah, you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, like, I I think you could probably, uh, you know, there are people that, yeah, the, it is more interesting to talk to someone else than just to talk to yourself, I guess. Well, I, I'll tell you, because you know, people have asked me, um, the one thing, you know, when Sigler and I were doing the show for so long, mm-hmm. uh, I love the guy to death, but we agree on way too much. And I think you have a show, when you have and it's kind of almost like a debate show. You need some conflict, and and Sig and I hardly ever disagree. So it's like when we would kind of get ramped up to try to talk about something, but it's like, oh, we both agree about it. There's nothing to argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at least, um, and you know, not, to not, not fight at him or whatever. When we brought Mojo on, the full intention was to be a trio. I mean, we thought like that, like there were some shows there that fired on all cylinders with all three of us. And I, I thought that was some of the best work we did. Um, however, life gets in the way and things don't always go the way you want. So Sig obviously, yeah, Sig just had another baby. He just got a lot of things going on. Like he had to step away. So fortunately for me, Mojo has accepted the role of he'll play devil's advocate, and he'll even like even if he agrees with me, he will argue with me just to be a jerk. And I told him do that all the time because like that's why I talk about seeing things from multiple angles. You've got to be able to throw stuff out and be like, okay, well I can argue that point, I can argue this point, and oh I didn't think of it this way. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that's what I try to bring to the show because when you have shows like ESPN who are just giving you one way to look at things, mm-hmm. what I preach to people on anything, whether it's politics, religion, sports, or whatever, please have a view from different angles because that's going to make you a much more educated person. It's going to make your beliefs and your arguments that much stronger because you're going to understand where someone else is coming from and just try to see things from all those angles. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do, and I think at least every show we'll have somebody who will say, hey, man, I never thought of that way. I have a good point. I like what you touched on this. Like, that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if I can just grow and get to more and more people, you know, like talking to some of these high school kids, these kids are sharp. Uh, I I don't know if I was as sharp as they are when I was a when I was a high school kid, but uh, I just had the Western quarterback Tyler Nepley on a couple weeks ago, and this kid like he was on for the whole show with us and talked sports, and I was so impressed with what this eighteen year old kid like sports IQ was. I was like, all right, and the kid had some viewpoints that I didn't necessarily agree with, but at least he was able to see things from multiple ways. It gave me a little bit of hope for humanity that we're not going down the dumb dumb trail. That, that, that I tend to think we are. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, for, for people that don't know, I used to work with uh, Josh Ziegler, your old co-host at the Kokomo Tribune. We both worked there. Um, That's how I met you. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Josh, uh, I, I've, I've listened to every single one of your uh, show with, with him on there because he's just one of those people I love to hear just talk because uh, I, like I like the way he puts words together. Obviously, because he's a writer, so right. But yeah, he just he just has good stories. Oh yeah, and that that's just I'm trying to always kind of just get a little bit of debate. But him and I just agreed on so much, and that's why we're such great friends and we get along so well. But yeah, it doesn't make for like. Point counterpoint exactly. Right, if, I if need just, to yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, we are we're getting near an hour here, and uh, thanks for uh, jumping on the phone and taking so much time. Uh, are you feeling any better uh, than you were before? I'm on the mend, man. Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, I had a nasty kidney infection. Mm. Um, I've been dealing with some kidney stones. I had a procedure a couple weeks ago. It's just something that kind of just complications from that. And uh, it was rough. Over the weekend, I had like a 140-degree temperature. I was throwing up. Like, I, I thought uh, the end was near. I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're uh, you're back to it, man. But uh, what music have you been listening to lately? I know we talked about music last time, kind of in general, but like lately, what have you been listening to? Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I, 
I, I, I do enjoy rap. Uh, I do have the new Eminem album. What do you think of that? I'm afraid to get it because uh, I've heard it's not so good. I'll tell you what, Rob, because we're older. And that's kind of, the first time I ran it through, I, I skipped probably half the tracks. Mm. And after the first 15 seconds, I'm like, eh. And so kind of, uh, but the more I listen to it, I mean, like 65% of the album, I, I will listen to No Questions Asked. There's a couple songs on there that I'm just like, oh, man, you're just kind of reaching a little far. Not a fan. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's worth picking up. I mean, I, I would. Yeah, I was a huge uh, Eminem fan uh, in, you know, late, late high school, obviously, early. Right. Uh, we're about the same age, so you know when I liked Eminem, probably. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just—it's—he's one of the guys that you know. There's a couple artists that when they put a new album out, I won't get it. No question that, and and he's one of them. Um, but it's—it's it's fair. I mean, there's people who were kind of ripping it apart, and I'm like, what did you want? I mean, are you want the angry Slim Shady from '99? I mean, we're kind of beyond that. Well, he's not that person anymore. He just can't be. He's you know he's you know like, rapper. Like, I, come yeah. on, guys. Exactly. He's not straight out the trailer anymore, exactly. No, no. He's a huge mansion in Detroit. Let's, let's be real. Let's understand what it is. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, that's, yeah, I, I probably just need to hear it and stop reading takes about it. Because, um, of course, I uh, appreciated his uh, Trump freestyle. That was uh, pretty nice. He's, he's got a good one that blasts him, and it's probably one of my favorites. It's, uh, it's on there. It, it, it's a three and a half minute song that is getting mm-hmm. ham on him. It's pretty good. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you know that that moment to me was really important because I think a lot of people that you and I probably went to high school with, um, you know, were probably mortally offended by that because that hit them where they lived. You know, they're all Eminem fans, just like you know everybody right. was that grew up in a small town in Indiana in the late nineties. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate what you do on your program because you can steer away from politics. I understand my location and where I am, and so and for what I'm trying to accomplish at this point, I have to kind of try to deviate away from that. Like my joke was on two episodes ago or whatever, I was like, unlike the government, we don't shut down. I mean, that was my one political zinger that I got to use, but... Yeah, I I have no problem talking politics. But there's some people who just shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> so you stop yourself from talking about politics at all? I it depends on the situation. Like, Come on, man! I was a weekly columnist in Kokomo, <laughs> and you no, know me, so you know you don't you don't think I've I've heard it. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand. Like, if, I'm, I'm a salesman. Sure. Okay, I understand. You you have another identity that you've got to maintain. I get it. I had I had a guy one time. (laughs) This one guy, I made it clear because he went off on something like that. I was like, look, man. I was like, I will call myself a liberal all day long. I'm fine with that. I don't care. I'm not gonna talk that crap with you because he got like real conservative. But I had another guy one time. He's like, oh yeah, Trump's got it. This is actually one of the elections. I was like, ah man, I'm gonna keep doing it again. I go. like it's not worth it to talk about it sometimes i feel like you know it's always like do i make a stand right now or do i just get out of the situation and on with the rest of my life um you know what what bothers me the most though is that i think i i gotta remember too it's the area that we live in because there's just so many of them there are so many who are completely against what people like you and i think ah but but do you just think that because everyone's like you and they're staying quiet about it because they think that they're alone that's my point i think it it, it feels like we're outnumbered but i'll 
also realize it's where we live. Uh, we are. No, there there objectively are more of them than are there are of us. I think we need to be real about that. But <laughs> it's it's not going to do us any good to fool ourselves about that. But you know, I don't I'm think talking. there's there's as few of us as you and I might suspect on it in any given time. I guess I'm talking grand scheme across the country. Like I know we 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 we've got some numbers in a lot of places, but here it does feel like a long time. It does feel like. It's a complete waste of time because there's nobody here that you're going to change their mind. You're not going to sway anybody. You don't have anybody sitting on the fence in Indiana on how they're going to believe politically one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I've, I've seen it happen. It's not easy, I'll give you that. It's, you know, people are very, and people, you know, dig in harder when they're challenged a lot of the time. They don't, they don't critically think. They think, I've got to just, even in the face of objective evidence, I've got to dig my heels in. It's almost, I don't know, it's, it's a thing about how you make them feel, though. Uh, if they see that you're on the level and you're, you're being a good person, I think that you're more likely to, like, you know, because if you just yell at somebody and call them a name, they're not going to be like, well, you're right, sir, I am <laughs> that. Well, I guess, I guess what I get frustrated with is if you try to have a conversation with them and then you question, uh, okay, like for somebody who likes Trump, and you question, okay, well, what about this? What about his grabbing by the P? I mean, when you question them about that stuff, like, what are your thoughts on it? They immediately get defensive, and the clothes come out, and they want to attack you. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the character of this person or what he's done. What, what are your thoughts on it? Like, that's what I'm asking, and that's what people can't handle. And that's what Republicans as a whole, they just want to sit there, and they want to start coming to you for something. And it's like, I'm not coming at you about anything. I just want to know how do you justify supporting a, a person like this or a situation or these tax hikes. Whatever it is, how do you? I just want to know personally. What do you think about it? And people can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I go through my day and I'm thinking, how can people believe these things that they believe? But then I realize I never ever watch Fox News, ever. And there are people that get all of their information, like we were saying about you know getting all your news from one place. If, right. if that's where you're. The, the if that's the spigot you're you're sticking your lips on you know you're getting a pretty nasty shot every day that I'm not getting so I don't really understand your worldview at all so I just never understood how a blue collar factory worker thought Trump was going to support them mm-hmm. like like how is this billionaire like you think those billionaire cares about you Dave Chappelle have you seen his new standups uh, no, I have not yet, but I've, I've watched the first two Netflix. I've not seen the most recent two. The, the, the two recent ones that came on New Year's, he's got this bit where he talks about it. He's like, you know, I'm standing in line. He goes, and I'm, you know, there's a lot of kind of poor people around me. He's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He goes, but I'm sitting here hearing these people talking like, yeah, Trump's going to fight for us. And he's like, no, he's not. He's going to fight for me. He goes, I'm the tax bracket he's worried about, guys. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 100% true. So, I, I, I just kind of wonder, what I get frustrated now is with all the news that comes out and everything, I'm still kind of waiting. I was like, how far are we going to let this trade go? Like, how far do we continue to let just this embarrassment and complete corruption go before something's going to happen? Yeah, it's like how close do you let the toddler get to the stove before they just you know burn their hand? You know, like it's like a how, right. yeah, how much worse is this going to get before you know? So yeah, I, I wonder that every day, and you know, I don't know where the line is or if there is even a line, and I think I don't it's think it's in sight, and that's what scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's a cult. It's uh, you know, don't question the dear leader. So, well, midterm elections are this year. So, oh, get here in November. This is going to be the longest nine months ever. <laughs> but, hey, uh, how's the new baby doing? Oh, she's uh, doing great. She's actually almost nine months. Um, yeah, I know time flies, but uh, she waved at me and screamed "Daddy" today, so that was pretty nice. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, that's been uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, 
there's uh, there's challenges, of course, um, and I'm sure uh, Sig knows all about that with his uh, situation because he's in the three, right. he's in the, he's in the depths of it right now. Um, so, how's the new job? Oh, it's it's going really well. It's uh, it's a lot more writing, that's for sure. Um, you know, I'm not just spouting off about my opinions uh, <laughs> and and saying whatever I want. So I, I have to like uh, talk to a bunch of people and 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 see what they want to hear. <laughs> about <laughs> well let that let that information get back to kokomo and people might subscribe to you <laughs> they're just gonna want your opinion oh yeah oh yeah exactly this is a, this is everything they could have dreamed of i'm not <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's over my reign of terror is over <laughs> it's finally gone <laughs> Woo. exactly I hate red every single one of his comms. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder what those people do for entertainment these days. <laughs> Probably complain about something else. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're fixated on something else that they can't control. So. <laughs> but uh, hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, we should do it again sometime because it's, it's been great. And uh, maybe I'll call into your studio and we can record it on your uh, high quality uh, you know, studio technology or something. Awesome. I would love to set something up with you, buddy. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, I will always call into your show. You're kind of, like I said, man, I give a lot of credit to you for where I've got to where I am because you, you let me pick your brain. You, you've been really cool with me, and I'll, I'll always appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And even though I feel competitive in the sense of I want, if I see you doing something good, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Why am I not doing that? I, I don't like wish you ill because of it. You know what I mean? It's not like there's enough success for everybody. The way I feel about it. Absolutely. So you know, if if you do good, we we all do good. You know, everyone. Anyway, you know. anyone I can help my friends and anything like that, you know, I'll always do that. So if there's anything I can ever do for you, uh, please don't ever hate that as ask because I'm gonna ask you if there's anything. Yeah, absolutely. And and WIOU management, if you're listening, if some you know studio microphones and and cables go missing, there was I was out of town that day and I had nothing to do with that. So. Thank you. Now I'm gonna get in trouble. Uh, I that Robbie. Yeah, oh, 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 we're bringing it all the way back. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> but uh, hey, well, uh, I'll talk to you soon, dude, and I hope you feel better. All right, I appreciate it, man. Take all right, care. Later on.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.